Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Hey. Hey. Hey, everyone. Hey. Watch it. Watch it now. Hey, everybody. Hello, everyone. How's it going? How's it going? How are you? (laughs) Hello. How are you? How are you? (laughs) My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched... The Outwaters. The Outwaters. Like waters that are openly gay. John Waters. It's yeah, John the Waters. John Waters. <laughs> sure, uh, why not? 911, what are you reporting? Can you hear me? <laughs> Can you hear me? Ma'am? Can you hear me? Um, yeah, we didn't want to watch the Guy Ritchie movie, not because it's bad, but because both of us, like Tom, I, I hope I'm not blowing you up by saying you're moving. Um, no, that's fine. Uh, I'm moving. It's okay. true. Yeah, it's true. It's true about Tom that he's moving. I also just didn't. I don't, I don't want to go out this weekend. I'm, I I just got back from a, a trip and I'm feeling lazy. So we were like, "Hey, what's what's something we need? You know, need yeah. felt and like need the, to talk about." I don't think the Guy Ritchie movie even came out this weekend. I think it came out the weekend before the Covenant. Yeah. So it's like there wasn't really like a big new release this weekend. So we decided to cover a movie that we had talked about on movies that deserve more hype and that we were both kind of interested in watching. So yeah. This is one for us. Yep. Fuckers. We, we get to do um, this every now and then. <laughs> yeah. Although I think horror fans will enjoy this. I mean, we covered Skin of Marink, so it makes sense to cover the Outwaters. Yeah. Um, uh, this is a, yeah, this has been out for a little bit. This is a found footage. Uh, the trailer has been very withholding. Um, and so, you know, if you've seen it, you've seen it. If you haven't, you haven't. Right. Uh, I would argue if you like, weird ass horror movies you might want to wait and watch this yeah first. the the I'll, I'll give the gist real quick the gist of it is is four people go out into the desert uh the mojave desert right outside of i guess los angeles right is that right anyway um they go yeah. out in the desert to film a music video um they stumble into an area uh where they clearly shouldn't be um all sorts of weird Lovecraftian stuff happens and you're basically stuck with one primary character as he's consistently terrorized over the course of several nights uh, until he loses his mind, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically it. We can go more into the deets. Yeah. But uh, Tom, how'd you like this movie? I liked this movie okay. Like, I appreciate this movie as a piece of art. Um, right. Uh, in in a similar vein of Skinamarink, where it's it's kind of minimalist in its storytelling, um, but I liked Skinamarink a lot more. Um, I think this movie is pretty effective in some areas, but I think this movie has a big problem um, that we'll discuss. Is it that it's 
okay yeah because uh i i came out of this movie being like i think i liked that but i'm looking at my notes and my notes are very much like i'm in a lovecraftian hell world because i literally like an hour in was like this movie owes me an apology this movie has to make up for the last hour because nothing happens for the first fucking hour Um, or maybe 50 minutes of this movie push back a little bit on that this movie does a lot with sound um, and yes. the f- the first scares that happened are sounds. Uh, so it's you start it's to hear unnerving. these right these weird, unnerving, unnatural, really up- upsetting noises start bleeding into the into the footage uh, during that first hour, where it's just these clowns trying to set up a music video. Right, and uh, I would I I'd start you could do that shorter. You could do it yeah. in thirty minutes and not fifty. Yeah. Because I kept writing, I was like, boy, where like I had notes at sixteen minutes. I was like, something needs to happen. They need to get to the desert. The movie needs to start happening. Um and uh it is all for a reason. Um because what the movie does is kind of fold in on itself. Uh so there's a reason they're showing these specific moments. Um, but it, it, this is all to say that at 15 minutes in, I was like, I don't know how this movie's going to save itself. And then it kind of did. <laughs> it, it, then the last part, I was like, fuck, Jesus yeah. Christ. The last, the back half of the movie, like the last 45 or 50 minutes is just an onslaught. It's nonstop. It's just yes. a nonstop barrage of the, uh, basically being in a haunted house. Uh, like one of those haunted houses that you have to walk through. Um, I, and there's a lot of really effective imagery. Um, it's a very effective, uh, sort of, this is kind of how I felt about Skinamarink too, even though I wasn't on that episode. I feel like Skinamarink is really good at creating the emotion within you of what it felt like to be a little kid that was up too late. That was like up in the middle of the night when you weren't supposed to be like, it was really, really great at creating that emotion. And I think this movie is, its goal is a similar thing where it's trying to create a specific emotion rather than tell a, a, a story it's more focused on making you feel a very specific thing. And this movie is trying to make you experience what it's like to sort of lose your mind. Um, and I think it's really effective at that. But my biggest problem with this movie is that most of it is filmed in pitch blackness um, in the wilderness. And the only light is the light on the camera. And the light on the camera illuminates maybe, I don't know, 4% of your television screen. So most of this movie, you are seeing through a tiny, tiny, tiny hole on your television screen. And that drove me crazy. Like that was really, that was really frustrating. I think that was the point. Yeah. It was like, like you said, sure. But, uh, it made it a very, uh, I think, I I think that, I think that's a mistake. I think that's a mistake. So. I, I get what you're saying. I think there's a certain condition in which watching this, I'm, I'm curious if you watched it this way. Did you, I was watching it at night. Hannah was sick at the time. So I had headphones on. Did you watch it with headphones on? I didn't, but I watched it with the sound way up. Okay. Good. And I also yeah, watched because, it at, at night alone. Yes. Good, good, good. Because yeah, this is definitely very dark and it's hard to see shit. And those like pinpoint light sequences were very frustrating <clears throat> like you're saying but i didn't i didn't get as bothered by them um i mean i <laughs> i was bothered by them the way it felt like they were supposed to be bothering me you know what i mean where it got, it's supposed it got, to kind of be just very hellish and withholding much like the trailer 
Yeah, it got exhausting after. Like, I understood what it was going mm-hmm. for. It's trying to limit what I can see. It's trying to make me panic and make me upset and, and frustrated and scared. And I don't know what I'm looking at. But that's not a great v- movie watching experience. So, like, if, I think if, it, yeah, they, they could have shown more for ha- if for half of the movie. I don't know what I'm looking at. That's a problem. What's frustrating is like, that the I, imagery that I, you do see is very haunting. It's really good, yeah, and yeah. and and I know that's the point. Like I I, I am I am ninety nine percent positive that is the intent is that we're not supposed to really be able to comprehend what we're looking at because this is a Lovecraftian horror movie, and a big part, yeah. if you read Lovecraft, is that you can't describe what it is. It's like you it's it's unknowable. So like you don't even understand what you're looking at, so you can't even begin to describe it. And this movie is trying right. to recreate that sensation, and it does it successfully technically but not in a way that to me that was satisfying as a horror fan it wasn't like sure oh it's this unknowable thing i can't possibly understand what i'm looking at it's just no i can't see anything like i can't fucking right. see like i feel like see, i'm looking through a, that, a pinhole in a pillowcase i think that worked really effectively with the monster yes when they with run the, monster, into the monster it's good yeah <clears throat> but they didn't need it for the rest of it i agree no. with that no um this movie, I think its strength, and we've already kind of mentioned it, was the sound effects. Because yeah. this movie, what it does that you were talking about Skinnamarink as mm-hmm. it um as it recreates that weird vibe of being up late, right? This doesn't invoke a memory so much as I thought this movie really invoked like it I'm trying it's hard to put into words. When you watch a movie like a, a gory film, a slasher film, uh you watch the Wishmaster. I'm going to use the Wishmaster. Yeah. Uh, it, it's the visuals are just fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's, a, it's gory, just, but it's you a, don't really. Th- it's a splatter What's movie. A, yeah. And you don't really think in your head of like, what does it mean to have like a little goblin rip out of you or no, something no, like that? No, 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 no. Right? It's just, it's, you're there for the splatter. It's a splatter movie. Right. This movie, I think, kind of captured the viscera in a way that actually made my stomach ache, which I really appreciated because it's hard to do that to me. Um, and a lot of it had to do with the sound, um, be- for obvious reasons. Like it, it's not a slasher necessarily, but it, it really like, like the, the, that slasher aspects, flesh tearing, blood dripping, um, like the horror of gore, basically, uh, something that doesn't tend to scare me. It scared me. The most, uh, ef- the most effective thing they do to me was one of the characters um and it, you get this from spending so much time with them before the horror happens so i I, right. I do i do think and like you said it also folds in on itself like at one point the guy holding the camera sees himself with his three friends the day before and it was a, a moment we experienced in the earlier part of the movie so yeah and like, like he's on the plane and on the plane there's a noise like i'm pretty sure if you mm-hmm. went back and rewatched this every time there's like a fucked up noise it signifies like a moment in time that they're he's present for yes in the, the hell world of sorts yeah yeah um i lost my train of thought what was i talking about <laughs> we're talking uh, about the viscera the gore right right, right. The, the most upsetting thing one of the characters it's the the musician the singer um who they're going out to, to shoot a video for she is very right. uh for lack of a better word profusely blonde so yeah. uh she's the only blonde haired person in the cast everybody else has dark hair and short hair and she has long blonde hair so a thing they can they do a few times during these hell world sequences is they just show you 
a mound of bloody matted blonde hair not connected to anything it's just laying yeah so it's it's one of the most upsetting visuals that this it really uh, is with the in terms of the gore that this movie does yeah <laughs> the part that really did it for me is right at the beginning or right at the beginning of the madness where they hear they hear sounds they go out and you have see the one shot of the person with the axe and there's like this booming sound. The booming sound was really effective too in like making you feel like that's that's the main that's kind of like the jaws theme of the movie, right? Where it's like they're yeah. out in the middle of a desert and they just constantly hear this loud booming noise that's coming from somewhere in the distance, but it's echoing, you know, throughout the vast emptiness of the desert. Um and it's constant. Yeah. And it's really really unnerving. It is um and that first night or the yeah you you see the person with the axe and then like the lights kind of go out and you hear them run towards you and you hear that first stab and that first stab like is really gunky um it's real good and then like i think the character comes in and says it's raining in my head and then that's when everything just goes fucking right that's when that's when the sort of main character the guy holding the camera that's when he gets possessed right because, yeah. like, in, in my mind, I think what has happened is this guy is being haunted by whatever Cthulhu, Lovecraftian presence. Um, he is the person with the axe. He has murdered his three other friends. 100%. Yeah. I, I do believe he is the person with the axe. Yeah. I The question of... Okay. So, like... I, I looked online because I was like, is there an answer to this? And everybody, it's all the same people being like, I don't know, here's what I think. And what people think is usually it's all it was already what I thought. So it was like, okay, it's not well it's not they, clear. Here's what um, you Okay, I'm sorry, finish your thought. Well, I I was gonna start picking that apart of like what what the fuck happened here? Okay, well So no, they go Yeah. Well, they go to this site, um, they find the axe already, they find this mound where there's this like buzzing sound of energy coming from this mound right and it when they Later, add, when they when they put the microphone into this hole in the mound it sounds like ghosts screaming like it yeah. sounds like the type of thing that if you heard you'd be like let's get back in the car and go back to the city yeah exactly <laughs> um we we <laughs> hear whatever that, that this is talking about her mom a lot there's a lot of this idea of trying to recreate the past in the music video itself Right, um, and there's a, there's a mom connection with the main character too. The guy holding the camera yeah. and his brother are two of like he's like the videographer, and his brother's like the sound guy, I think. Um, yeah. And they have like there's a thing with their mom that they establish in the beginning, right? Um, and so they 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 start hearing this booming first, right? Yeah, that's the first thing that happens. Yeah, and then eventually this thing with the axe happens, and then. That follows by just like horrific screaming. Everybody just sort of covered in blood, like something awful has happened. And you, at first, you're like, I'm not sure. Did someone get got? What, like, is it going to be revealed? You know, like it's hard to tell, but nothing is really revealed. And then all the characters, you start kind of getting like you, like you said, like you see the chunks of blonde hair. You kind of meet back up with them every now and then, and they're usually covered in blood. They're in their own like hell. Right. It seems like everybody is sort of disconnected from each other um later like one of them shows up and she's like blood horny uh, that yeah if there's, I recall. there's one woman that she stays in the tent that's angela there's scott the main character's brother who we see out just being weird in the desert like looking up at the sky yeah. doing weird shit and then michelle the blonde woman the musician there's a scene where he's chasing her and it's like 
Yes. It's one but of the she's most... Like, it's more like she's running... She runs from him. Yes. First, but she's like smiling. It's it's one of the most effective... Something I wanted to call out as we're sort of piecing together what actually like narratively happens in this movie yeah. um, is this is one of the most effective movies I've seen in terms of conveying an emotion of just absolute despair because... This actor, the guy who's holding the camera, is doing a really good job. Yes, um, he is. He is, like, when he's, th- in the scene where Michelle starts running from him, he's chasing after her, and he's sobbing, and he's begging her to stop and come, because he just wants a human. He just wants a person yeah. at this point. And that's, like, yeah. most of his performance during this back half of the movie, is a yeah. guy who is is just, he's desperate for anything that looks like the normal world. And he is right. really, really performing it very well um yeah, but he's gotta, it's, he's it's gotta ha- keep recording yeah he yeah that's that's <laughs> my other big problem with this movie is it doesn't make any sense why he records actually, the moments that he records i have a, a headcanon for that actually my headcanon for that is like this is so otherworldly that who knows if he actually was recording anything like True. that idea of like who knows that these tapes how these tapes came to be right and they're like because it 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 starts with these four people are missing here are the three memory cards we recovered like and one of them like one to two is like okay it's 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 normal to kind of more scary but two to three like the memory card change happens like in the middle of like a hell world situation so it's like why would he change memory cards (laughs) right exactly it's always funny to think i mean this is the beauty of fan footage right is it it started so quaint with Blair Witch, but at this point, like, what's the meta here? That they found these memory cards and they're like, man, we should make a movie. <laughs> we should put this out as a movie. And it's like, right, why would you do that? My, Hell exists. My, um, my, my other big, like I was saying, my other big complaint, apart from most of the movie you just, you just cannot physically see, um, is that there is no reason for the found footage format beyond they had a micro budget. Yeah. And it, it, there's it, this... it, there, there is no reason for the found footage format. Yeah. Well, I would say, okay. So found footage adds one element, which is a perspective, right? That's the there's, strong. There's, all... There is like, there is no narrative reason is what I'm saying. No, no. But like what we learned about found footage when Blair Witch came out, the effectiveness of found footage was that you feel like you're walking through the haunted house yourself, right? That's what we learned. Yeah. And so it both, in my opinion, it, it both makes the characters more real and less real. Meaning that like the main character, I never really think about because I feel like I'm the main character. That's the point. Um, yeah, there's also something with found footage that bothers me. And this movie bothers me because of the found footage, which is that found footage is somehow allowed to have different pacing. And that bothers me. Like I said, the first 50 minutes of this film is just sort of following the characters and the characters are charismatic enough in the good found footage way, which is like, you want them to feel like real people, but you also don't want them to be boring because real people are boring, you know, but they found these people who are like charismatic. So that worked. But in my opinion, a found footage film still has to adhere to pacing of a film. Right. And that's the part that really bugs me is like, for example, they travel on the plane and it's this long fucking shot of the plane, which actually uh, from the window, which actually turned out to be a, 
a bad example now that I think about it because that matters to not only this but the end. Yeah. Because remember in the last shot you hear a plane. Yep. And I'm almost certain it's them flying over it. But um. Yep. But there's moments like that in found footage throughout, right? Where there's these, or the car, which is a very well shot sequence, but they're driving in the car for like a fucking three minute sequence, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like a regular movie would just show a shot of a fucking car and then they'd get to the place. And so like found footage seemed like it's, it's, it's allowed itself the genre to draw out these transitional moments to pad out the film. Um, and that bums me out in the combination of like we're saying which is that we've completely lost the thread of what is the narrative reason for found footage right and i think a lot of found footage today is like this which is like why are they filming this we don't even have to ask that question anymore we've we've given up on that question with found footage right yeah it, uh, it who seems made, who compiled the footage who made this right who put we don't this together to... and put it out yeah like did, yeah. did the cops make this <laughs> like... right Whereas like Blair Witch Project did the the fake websites. They built a world around it as a documentary and they were withholding enough that you could believe like, okay, yeah, this is believable enough as a, that this would be a documentary when it's this, when it's showing like a hell world, it's like, I don't know, man. Like, right. (laughs) I feel like somebody would see this footage and be like, oh, hell's real. We should get on that. Yeah. We should call the news. We should call the government. Um, and so like, like you look at VHS, even VHS figures out a narrative. Um, it's magical, but why like these tapes exist, right? Yeah. Um, there's always a narrative around someone finding the tapes. Um, and so like the good found footage still makes that effort. Um, uh, death, death stream, um, made that effort. Dead stream. Dead stream. Sorry. Uh, it it made it like, and so like that is a, part of it and i think too many found footages just sort of forget or stop caring um and this i think is guilty of that they want to have their cake and eat it too they want to have this pouted padded out two-hour film where like most of it is just people kind of chatting aimlessly um and they want to have the budget of a found footage but they don't want to do the work to make it make sense right yeah um, I still enjoyed this movie more than I didn't, but the found footage aspect, like you're saying, is just very... It was confounding. Like, it was... It, yeah. it, it really got to the point where it's... It's it's tough because like it, I actually it, it, think it, this should be found footage because in no, order I, for it to I, be this creepy... I agree. I agree. There's something... Yeah. Found footage is really great for horror because it limits your perspective even more. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's perfect for a Lovecraft thing like yeah. this. And it's, like, and it's perfect for what they were attempting to do with the limited visibility so you can't even really understand what it is you're looking at you just see a mass of tentacles and teeth and you're like oh shit yeah. but you, know um, you could literally oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead i was just gonna say you know what found footage needs to do more what if this movie opened with like scientists in a lab looking at the footage and then we just follow the footage you know what i mean where it's like why does it does that take something away you know from it if we if we role play like around the footage of like okay this isn't a film coming out it does it puts a distance it puts a little distance but it's also like you know like that's the only reason this footage would exist right is if like it's not a movie that's coming out it's i guess we just have to they just start with the idea of like okay just pretend you're watching this footage for whatever reason because you can't there's no practical reason this footage would come out 
in a way. Um, no. So I guess the idea is found footage is now relative to like, well, who found it? You know, like you just have to sort of assume the person I'm watching this from the perspective of a person who found this footage, who has access to it. Maybe I'm not the public per se, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. No, it does. And watching this movie, it, it, it may sound nitpicky, but it really does, um, after a, after a bit, <laughs> uh, become very glaring as to, like, why yeah, is this dude filming this? Right. <laughs> and, like, found footage just gets away with this so much um, that I do kind of demand a little more creativity there. Yeah, yeah we need a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but again, it... I wouldn't have this not in found footage. I don't think. I think, yeah, it just works really well. So no, we were the, talking yeah. about what what happened. So there's a that's part right. where he finds like a government, like a he finds a gas that's, mask that's and the, like a that's no trespassing. Very end, the very end, like the last ten yeah. minutes. He gets so he gets I'm, vomited back out of the other dimension one final time, and lands on a restricted area sign, and then there's a gas yeah. mask next to it. So that's we've got a little bit of um an implication that this you know sort of like the mist the 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 film adaptation of stephen king's the mist where it's like some sort of government experiment happened out here that opened up something like some it's stranger things yeah. right yeah yeah it's that that is the idea that this is a long abandoned government project yeah. i i assume the booming sounds so there's like earthquakes at the beginning and there's the thunderstorm and so like one thought is that it's the booming sounds is the thunderstorm from the other side right because yeah, there's a the, time the factor the, here the earthquakes they experience in the first half are 100 percent when the realm crosses the the evil the nightmare hell world crosses into the real world in the second half of the movie I, i'm almost positive that if you time those yeah. they would they would line up that would yeah that makes sense to me um but so the idea is like yeah there's this realm world it's it's the booms are like signifying like kind of it breaking open one imagines yeah or something coming um, through yeah yeah and so i don't know what the hill was like i assume that had to do with the government institution like the idea that it was probably a base buried down there yeah yeah that's what i thought it was that there's something buried down there right. like, a, like a facility whatever they were doing you know it's stranger things like you said it's stranger things yeah and so these these dipshits are uh on top and then uh, yeah, like we said, I think the main character, what's his name, Robbie? There's Rob, yeah, Robbie's the guy holding the camera. So you were saying Robbie had gotten possessed. I was thinking Robbie has just simply lost his fucking mind and was trying to, like, save them from the, like, the idea that there's this time loop. Because later he's in Did, front of the axe wielder, and Dave, I thought it was really creepy. It's just standing there. Oh, yeah, there's a couple, there's two shots that do that, actually, where, where yeah. he's, he's peeking out of the tent, and you can see a guy... Uh, you can barely see the silhouette of a guy standing on a a, a, a an incline like a one or two hundred oh, yards I mean, away. Like later, he's like right next to him. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was gonna say like whether he's possessed or whether he thinks he's saving them. Same diff. Yeah, that's true. It's it's just a form yeah, of pos- it's form of possession. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but <laughs> the implication I got was that like that's the version of him. I mean, long after the movie ends. Um, that's just like that's the version time, of him who's, That's time folding in on itself. Right. But it's also him like, yeah, who's just con- gone completely mad and is like trying 
desperately to fucking i don't know stop what's happening like i i I have no idea yeah it's hard to tell he he cuts off his penis he he saws off his penis with a a a monster tooth he finds in the desert and then he cuts his bowels open and has his guts hanging out and the final shot of the film is he sets the camera down and he just walks into the distance with his guts hanging out in front of him with a hand raised up and his head looking up towards the sky that's the last image of the movie (laughs) <laughs> yep and well and then more importantly you hear a plane overhead you hear a plane overhead yeah and so earlier when they're flying their plane he actually films the part of the desert that they're going to be going yep um and he like zooms in on this one area and it's this big like mountain and so there's an implication again that that's maybe the base um, yeah that's where they're going yeah and then there's this weird yeah. that's the first time we hear the weird noise is on the plane yeah 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 which is the idea that they're going they're crossing through this vortex like he briefly flew through this dimension is I think what the implication just, there it's is. just it's just them meeting it's like a um not a mobius strip but like it's yeah essentially yeah yeah I think I was thinking of it almost like a bubble or like a you know um this like kind of you know it's a time it's just it's where hard the, because the, it's the, like it's there's not the, exact the, borders right it's where the timeline intersects basically yeah 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 um and then didn't like he saw his mom later did his mom have a dream was that it she said i dreamt about you guys so the implication is he's in her dream yeah yeah and then yeah he's later on the plane and it's all bloody so like yeah it's uh it's pretty fucking nuts and then there's a demon voice that says show them what do you think that was was that the monster i think yeah you actually and what you he hear, wanted to you, show them was the ocean upside down yeah <laughs> and a lot of screaming the ocean upside down like a star field a lot of screaming uh, the demon voice i think comes in a few times but that's the only time like i could make out what it was saying yeah um and it yeah, says so, it says show them and then the next it's basically him flying through this weird field of star dimension like there's this we're telling it in a disjointed way because the movie is just the movie is disjointed like that's that's kind of like what it does um it's like i like i said like skinnamarink it's less about telling a story it's more about creating a mood or a vibe and it's like right but it's trying to make you experience what it would be like to be thrust through a lovecraftian dimension that's trying to make you insane right and it is still telling a story. It's just not a very long story. No, it's very it is basic. what you said. These people go into the desert. They get thrust into this weird hell dimension that drives them nuts. But I think, yeah, I think what's happening there is like, there's clearly this monster. Uh, the monster is probably, this is its domain to some extent. Um, it is kind of whittling them away that we haven't talked about the worms. Um, oh man, and the so, worms, little snakes. Yeah, that was freaky. They show a snake earlier and they kind of foreshadow it where he's walking. They do. Uh, so a lot of this is shot during the day, too, which I was impressed that they made the day creepy because he's walking through the desert during the day and you hear these screeches and he'll look down and there's these fucking snakes going around his feet. And you're just like, fuck, what? Yeah, little like, gore it's, snakes. It's real, yeah, it's real. It's 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 quite something like what I liked about this movie is that, yes, they did, of course, get less of a budget because of the found footage but they made up for it they like definitely like you know added some really fucking gnarly effects um yeah so i appreciate that yeah but for sure 
yeah it seems like it's another hell dimension where there's like there's different types of creatures you know um and this monster and this like demonic force is clearly like powerful in the realm it's it's i assume it's sort of sucking them in and driving them nuts as well Mm -hmm. and then yeah and then so it's like the snakies then and then dealing with the demon and then that's when it says show them and that's when we see all their fucking heads on a pike as well on sticks yeah he finds them he he walks up to his three friends uh heads on on pikes in the middle of the desert Yeah. yeah So he fared the best, I guess. And then he looks at their he looks at their heads and he's like, Well, time to cut off my dick, I guess. Yeah. And when so that's what he does. When he sets the camera down, their heads have turned. Did you notice that? Ooh, that's cool. Cause they're all looking ahead. Like it's he comes up on them, it's three stakes in a row, and all of the heads are staked on top of them and they're looking straight ahead. But when yeah. he sets the camera down later at a distance from the three spikes all the heads are looking to the right. That's cool. It's it's really it's it's subtle but it's it's a, it's another unnerving like touch, like a little flourish that this movie right. does. Um, I like it. Yeah, it's I it, like this era. I like that Skinnamarink in this movie um are are exist, you know? This is a bold film. Like it's yeah. uh, this man, it's I think it's mostly effective. I really do. I mostly liked it. It's just the 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 device that they use with the 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 pinhole camera light for most of the back half of the movie started to f- frustrate me. Yeah. Um well, I think after a while. So I really do think 90 minutes is the limit for films like this. Skinnamarink yeah. was that long. It was shorter, right? Um Skinnamarink was I, about 2 I, hours, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think, see, I think I so. Think, I don't think these need to be fucking. I think ninety minutes. I I don't. I I I love this style of filmmaking. I really do. I love the weirdness. I think it's a great way of showing horror. A very uh, not an early example because I think horror has been doing this for a while. There's always been shit this weird and surreal. Um, but I think there's like, I think there's a mix you can do, like a movie like The Shining is trying to show this sort of intangible evil at times or these memories are ghosts and they don't always make sense right famously the guy getting blown by a dog um they, you can have both of those ideas right you can make something that's disjointed and weird but also like you know give it more of a plot <laughs> um or like a weird example is lords of salem if you saw that one, it ends very much kind of like this, where it just goes out of its fucking mind and all the way up until the ending, it's a regular film. It has a, um, you know, like it's shot in a a more normal way. And then it kind of goes off the rails at the end, which I liked personally, but I think it threw people off. But I do think Mm -hmm. there's a marriage of these two ideas that I don't know why it has to be one or the other. It doesn't. I think we've talked a little bit about it. Um, in previous episodes um, where it's like the, the filmmaking is part of the horror experience. Um, right. Like we, we talked about it in the evil dead rise review um, most recently. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of the, yeah, I, I do understand and appreciate what they're doing in this movie. And I think it's mostly effective. It's just the pinhole thing got frustrating to me after a minute. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
Yeah, I just think I I have this thing I realize with found footage, and I I've you know I've met a lot of found footage films that I've liked, but they're always more of a challenge. They just are. There's always this hump that every found footage film has to kind of get over with me because found footage films, especially ones like this are asking for your attention. Like there's things you'd miss if you like, I almost fell asleep watching this movie. Um, but there's things that you miss if mm -hmm. you're not paying attention, the certain right. sounds. Uh, and so like you have to really be fucking interesting. Deadstream was again, 90 minutes and they made the main character very fun and they got to it really fast. Like 20 minutes in you're, you're in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Blair Witch is an exception because I think Blair Witch was a novelty at the time. So people gave more of a shit. And but Blair I think Witch, that's a movie that's Blair hard Witch to rewatch. Blair Witch is a slow burn too. Uh, the the yeah. parameters are very clear. Um, right, exactly. But you're, you're right. It's, it also benefited from being one of the firsts. So. Yeah, this movie, by the way, does not have good reviews. Uh, not surprised. And exactly and i think it's because it's asking a lot of people it really is because it's it's very slow and then it's very headache inducing you know um yeah. and it's just not for everybody for that yeah, reason. We haven't the same even, reason skinnamarink was we haven't even mentioned the fact that there's an entity that approaches the main character each night in the form of a strobing light yes and when it just, reach when it reaches him it throws him through this tunnel into this weird dimension and then he gets like shat yeah, yeah, out he, back on earth like covered in placenta and shit it's he goes wild. on space mountain yeah, yeah he goes through space mountain he, does, he goes through 2001 he does he yeah. does the, the dave journey through 2001 yeah. 2001's a really good example for me of the perfect marriage i love like i've said it before that's one of my favorite movies of all time and the ending is so fucking weird and that's that's the perfect way of showing this like cosmic force that you don't fully understand that you're like an ant to them. Uh, and I think 2001 did it really well. Um, and this one does it very well as, uh, as well, but it's just 2001 has more of a story um, and it has better pacing. Uh, which is funny because 2001 slow as hell. The difference. Uh, so here's right. another it's a, thing it's I want to know. It's a series of vignettes too. Yeah. Here's what I wanted to know. This is actually pretty important for understanding the difference between 2001 and this film in terms of pacing is that the other thing about found footage is that by, by like definition, it's not supposed to be that well made. Like the guy's kind of a shitty filmmaker, to be honest, he's wasting his battery most of the time. Um, but also, like, the shots need to look like home video. They're not trying to do these beautifully lit, beautifully sequenced events. You know, it cuts from th thing to thing. There's rarely music. I mean, they, they managed to get music in this, but that's because they're making a music video. Um, but you know what I mean? Where uh, Versus 2001, which is like, you know, you'll get these long, planned out, beautifully shot sequences with 2001. That's like, yeah. it's like watching a painting. It's a piece of art. So yes, it's slow, the intent, but it's gorgeous. The intent is different too. Like 2001 is not sure. try, trying to make us experience what's happening. It's trying to make us think and ask questions about what it's posing. Right. Yes. Whereas this movie is trying to make us experience what this would feel like to be thrust through a Lovecraft hell dimension. Right. I just mean the the concept of found footage in general, which is like, 
you ever uh like i went cross country with my parents when i was little and they gave us a video camera and i proceeded to record i don't know a hundred hours of the most boring footage known to man because i was stuck in a car you know what i mean so i'm just like filming like it's home video shit and the problem with the thing about home videos is they're boring to watch if they're not yours and so found yeah. footage has these slow moments of people like driving and I'm like, I don't want to watch someone else's home videos. Um, I just don't. It's not pretty looking. It's not interesting enough. So it's just sort of these slow moments. Right. It's so all like, about it's all about experiencing a moment with the characters. And if you don't know or care about the characters, it's it's hard. It's a hard sell. Yeah, it really is. And that's always a hump that I have to get personally over with found footage which is no, like, i think everybody needs to get yeah. over that hump i think that's that's yeah. the ch- i think that's the primary challenge of found footage for sure um and i just think that like not movies like this they i don't think they met the challenge as much as they should have because it's again it's a big ask and in exchange they get less of a budget right so they yeah. have to they have to make that work um and this when this works it really works like i said it, it i came out of this movie going i think i like that but boy it almost lost me yeah. um it's a tough it's a tough movie yeah for for, for, I, for 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 a long long time it really is 50 minutes is a lot to ask for in mm-hmm. terms of like you know like i don't know if i had watched this without having to podcast about it would i have shut it off you know would i, I have been have. like okay yeah this is getting really boring i probably would have just fallen asleep you know, like I literally had to like pause it and wake myself up a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's a problem. Yeah. And so, like, I don't blame anybody for being giving this a bad review or thinking it's bad. But I did come out of it like being like, that was really fucking cool. Yeah, I, I most I mostly think this is a, a good, successful film. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's kind of same with Skin and Marine. Which is like, even if it didn't quite work with me, I want it to exist. I want things like this. I want filmmakers, horror filmmakers, to start doing more abstract stuff. Because honestly, at this point, if they don't do it, I don't know who will. Because right. very few, very few like abstract movies get made anymore. It's hard to make a movie like this or Skinamarink into the mainstream. So I really appreciate horror kind of doing so much heavy lifting. Yeah. Uh and yeah, this was, yeah, I appreciate this movie. Yeah, for the most I would part, say, yeah. Yeah, I would say if you're an impatient person, you could maybe skip it a, a little bit, fast forward a little bit. But I do think the ending, the, the last half is just like horrifying and visceral in a way that took a lot of skill. Again, specifically the sound design is incredible. Mm-hmm. I guess this movie gets a lot of um, distance <laughs> with the sound. Oh. Yeah, like the sound designer, which I believe is the, let's see, I think it's the actor. No, I'm looking. It might be the director. It's the director is also the sound designer. Okay. Um, yeah, they uh, very good. <laughs> they, yeah. they Like just just from a sound design point of view, it's like, I, you know, it's nothing you've probably experienced before. Like totally perfectly honest. Like it's it's probably yeah. unlike anything you've you've experienced in a movie before. It, yeah. It's really unsettling. Uh, it the made sa- me the sick. sound does a lot for the movie. Yeah, it made me sick to my stomach. It really did. Uh, and that's 
fucking i don't know that's really impressive yeah no it undeniably is undeniably yeah uh, any other thoughts on this? No, just to echo what you said, I think if you're a horror fan, you should watch this movie um, and, sure. make, and make your own judgment. But definitely, if you're a horror fan, this movie has at least something to offer if you watch it. So check it For out. Sure. Yeah, if you like seeing dicks cut, cut off too, like if oh, that's yeah. your thing. Yeah, if you like seeing dicks flopping on the cracked desert yeah. soil, then uh, watch yeah. this film. Yeah, watch the film. All right. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Um, I should tell you guys about our Patreon, patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed, G-A-M-E-F-U-L-O-Y, unemployed. Uh, for just $5 a month, you get exclusive podcasts on there like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and Spielboys. We watch movies every Friday night with our patrons. We uh, we do all sorts of stuff on there. We have a bunch of tiers, including custom we just watched episodes. So, you know, check it out. Yeah, check it out. Uh, we mm-hmm. also have a store. Head over to GameFlyUnemployed.com where you can find a link to our Teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs you can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So take your Lovecraftian beast sawed out peepers and slap them onto that. Yeah, cut off your dick and slap it on there. Yep. Do that too. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> yeah, what a film. Love it. What a motion picture. Yeah, good stuff. Gather the gather the fam. Get the fam together. <laughs> gather around. Gather around. Watch mm-hmm. Teach. watch the outwaters. Yeah. You you watch it and then you turn to your child and you go, if you don't listen to me, this is where you go. Yeah, you just turn slowly toward your child and you say, There is no God, see? Yeah, yeah, see? <laughs> this is real you know this is a documentary yeah, this actually happened this really happened to these yeah. people <laughs> yeah.